developing your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to Monday Night Sports Talk at the Esquire in downtown Champaign. We're with you until 6 o'clock this evening. Phone lines are open, 217-356-9397. And in the house is the sports editor of the News Gazette, Matt Daniels. And, of course, Scott Ritchie here as well. Bob Osmussen is in New York. Is that what I hear? Yeah, he's got a uh, nice little vacation coming up, uh, I guess, when Illinois is ranked in the top 25 in both football and men's basketball for the first time in more than 20 years he can he can take a few days off i guess but uh he'll be uh he'll be back here ready to go for nebraska week next week because that's god's country and well he'd never week. miss that one never would miss that one being a, a native of, of omaha but yeah it's a a banner day for illinois athletics you got uh, the football team coming in at number 18 in the Associated Press Top 25 after uh, after Sunday's poll. And then uh, earlier today, the, the first preseason Top 25 men's basketball poll came out for the year, and uh, the Illini are checking in at number 23. So <clears throat> this is the first time since uh, the first week in January two, 2002 that Illinois is ranked in the Top 25 in both football and men's basketball at the same time. Okay, folks, our muscle is here, so if you want to mess with us, you got to deal with these guys, okay? Martin O'Donnell is with us. Say hi, Martin, everybody. Hi, Martin, everybody. <laughs> Martin, of course, former Illinois first-team All-American back in the day, and our other guest is assistant head coach and head coach of the, or rather, uh, coach of the wide receivers, George McDonald, with us here. How are we doing today? A former Illini himself, so it's good to have you guys with us. Uh, George, uh, give me an idea of how things are at the, the Smith Center these days. Got to be feeling pretty good. Yeah, everyone's excited. We got a bye week this week, so coach is giving some time off to the players to get them a little recharged, and then we'll start practicing. And then a couple guys went out recruiting today, and then we'll do some more recruiting at the end of the week. So some guys stay behind, some guys get out, and you kind of rotate. Is that how you handle the week? Yeah, we have limited numbers, so it's kind of who Coach B likes the most to take out on the front end to the back end. Do you get down to, to how many contacts you have remaining or how many times you can call a person? Are, are you in that phase yet? Yeah, we're in an, a limited contact period, evaluation period, and then we have one call a week to our top prospects. So we're kind of, you know, Pat Embleton does a great job of keeping us all on track and making sure, you know, we're dotting the I's. And then, you know, Coach B's, you know, he's a maniac with recruiting, just like everything else. So right after the game, I guess he left Sunday at 1230, and he'll be back sometime tonight, and we'll meet tomorrow morning and get going ready for Nebraska. Well, you have a little bit of a history, not only with the University of Illinois, but with uh, Brett Bielma, too. And uh, talk about coming back here and, and when this job opened. Was it a no-brainer for you to come here? Yeah, it was, well, it was a no-brainer for me. I don't know about my wife, so I had to do a convincing <laughs> her. But, 
you know, when it first came up, I was more of a fan, just kind of going through the list of the guys who were, everyone was talking about. And then when I saw Coach B, he was the kind of the guy that I thought was a no-brainer in terms of just being away from the program and who I believed that could get the program back. And then he got the job, he calls me, and then I'm like, okay. And then I said yes, and then I had to convince my wife. And then once my wife, you know, we went through all the, the yeses and nos and the pros and cons, and, you know, we jumped on board, and we're happy to be back. So you found out what kind of salesman you were, right? Yeah. Well, actually, he had to get on the phone with her, and he had to close the deal. So, so he, he's a good recruiter. George, what's recruiting like for a team that's 6-1, and one, tied atop the Big Ten West, ranked 18th in the country right now? I'm sure it's a little different when you're, you're calling coaches or checking in on prospects now these days. I think it just it really gives us a sense of, you know, we told you so. Like, you know, last year we were recruiting kids and we we're selling them the vision and selling them the future. And then, you know, some guys came in, some guys are still on the fence. So now when you're calling those those prospects, you're able to show and, and they can see like, well, you told us this was going to happen. So now it's a little bit more of, you know, we, we had the vision and now we're slowly putting it together and we still got a long way to go. But I think the recruits, especially the in-state recruits, are starting to see what we're building and how we're doing it and, and the excitement that we have around the program. George, a rebuild doesn't always happen like this where, I mean, you maybe go from selling a dream in year one to year two competing for a, a divisional title. What do you feel is maybe you know, a reason behind you know, this jump in success this season? I mean, I think they're, they were good players here. You know, I mean, I just think it's a belief, and I think that's the one thing that Coach B does a great job of, of, of selling the vision but getting guys to believe in the vision and understanding how it's done and the process it's done. You know, I mean, I, the guys are the same, similar guys that we had this year to last year. I think there's a stronger belief system. I think there's proof that what Coach B is, is telling the, the players, telling the coaches, and following the plan and the process, as he likes to say, that the results will come. You know, I mean, he says it all the time, like, these results started in January when we got back together. They just didn't happen. And, and he's, he's built programs, and he's been around a lot of great players and good programs. So now the guys are, are seeing it, we're seeing it, and the players are seeing it. And now we're just trying to take it, you know, practice by practice and game by game and just stay focused on the process. Martin O'Donnell's having uh, some fun this football season. You've been on both ends of it, Martin. You came and, and got the Illini through a rebuild, got him into the Rose Bowl game and such. But uh, have you uh, had, had as much fun back then as you're having this season so far? Well, it's, it's different, right? I mean, I mean, for me, a lot of the a lot of the fun and, and, and seeing what George and the coaching staff and these players are doing, I mean, it's fun because I get to share it with my family too. Yeah. You know, I mean, at that time, you're a college kid and you have that super tunnel vision and there's only so much you can do kind of on a day-to-day basis. But that's the part that's been fun so much about this year is, you know, I told my kids, you know, three, four weeks ago, I said, hey, if we go to a bowl game, I said, we're all going to go and it'll be a vacation. So that finally got my daughter interested in football, which was great. <laughs> um, and so now every, you know, the last – you know, five weeks or whatever it was, every time we came, I came home from the game, it's, okay, three more games, two more games. And so, um, so that, that's really, that's been a lot of fun, but it, it's good to see, and I think, you know, in looking at, at the coaching staff and Coach Bielema, I think you saw it from the first press conference that the coach gave, and then you saw it in the, the intentionality in terms of the hiring process and who he hired. And so that's, that's what I've told people is it's pretty clear he's executing on a vision. And it's great to see, you saw kind of some spikes uh, last year in terms of Penn State and Minnesota, but now to have a lot of those games and those big wins at home at Memorial Stadium I think is really impactful. George, how, how long do you and the fellow coaches get to enjoy a win like Saturday? Is it for five minutes in the locker room? Is it for a couple hours after it? Or is, do you guys have your own set time on, on how long it is before you flip the page? 
You get about six hours. You okay. know, I mean, you go home <laughs> on Saturday, and then you know, I think the one thing. You know, Coach B, we snap right back in, and we're, we're already started on Nebraska today. So I think the biggest thing is you enjoy the wins and, and you understand, you know, you learn from them and you grow from them, but then it's the next, you know, the next challenge is always in front of you. And I think that's what Coach B does a great job of is, you know, we enjoy the wins in the moment and understand what we did and what we accomplished it, but then we go right back to the process of how did we get to that point on Saturday. So today we're already talking about Nebraska, looking at some issues that we had and, and starting to use this time wisely to, to get our players ready, but to get our a good plan to go go on the road and, and try to go get another victory. George McDonald played wide receiver at the University of Illinois, 1995 to 98. Played for two coaches, right? Blue Tepper and Ron Turner. Yep. What are some of your uh, recollections of those four years? Not a whole lot of wins came along that period there, but uh, talk about about some of the things you remember about your days here? I think when you get older, you always remember the people. You know what I mean? So I remember Robert Holcomb, Trevor Starge. I remember Coach Tepper always walking around the facility picking up trash like I do. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I think, I think for me, you know, being a part of this winning process, it, you know, we won my first year, and then we kind of had that little spell. And then, you know, Coach Turner came in, similar to Coach B, and, and really sold a vision and had a plan to get it done. And, and I was part of, like, the rebuild. But then when I left, these guys took off, and you're, you're watching it as a fan, so it's kind of cool coming back. But, you know, I was always remember the people of Champaign, the, the people in academics, the, the trainers. I mean, I guess you get older, you remember some of the moments playing, but I think they always say you, you miss the locker room and the guys and the journey, and that's kind of – it's been cool having people like Ty Dothard and Dana and, and those guys send me texts. And I saw Kurt Kittner for the first time since I left yesterday, um, since I left in, what, 98. You know, I'm looking at him, I'm like, hey, I remember you. And then so it's just got good reconnecting with guys and, and doing those things. Speaking of journeys, tell us a little bit about your journey from 1999 or 98 when you left here to when you came back, or some of the stops that you've uh, been along the way. Jeez, I don't know if we have enough time for all that, but <laughs> so um, I graduated in 99, took a year off, moved back to California, then I, I, I GA'd, graduate assistant at Ball State. I was at Bucknell University for three months, then I went to Northern Illinois University. Um, There's a lot of carryover. Dan Roshar was here, and he actually gave me my first opportunity at Northern Illinois. I was there for three years. Then I went to Stanford University and worked for Coach Tevens, Buddy Tevens, who was my position coach there and then we got let go then I went to Western Michigan with Bill Cubitt who was here for a little bit and I was there with him and then um, I went from Western Michigan to the University of Minnesota with Thomas Hammock who I coached at Northern Illinois and then I went to the NFL for a couple years with the Cleveland Browns went to the University of Miami then I went to Arkansas Coach B and I disagree the amount of time. I'll say three weeks, he'll say two days, but went, went, went to Arkansas. Then I went to Syracuse with Scott Schaefer, who was here for a little bit. And then I went to NC State. Um, I was there pre, prior to here for six years with Coach Dorn, with Coach Dorn, who was Coach B at Wisconsin. So then Coach B brought me back. So I've been a lot of places, but it's always been somebody that has Illinois ties or the state of Illinois ties, which has kind of been cool. For you folks here at the Esquire, there will be a quiz on what he just said. <laughs> See if you can remember that. You, you, you made this guy feel kind of old because all those uh, former Illinois coaches that you work with that were here at one time or another, I was here. Yeah. <laughs> I covered most of those. Need to take a break. We're visiting with Georgia McDonald and Martin O'Donnell. We're at the Esquire. Phone line is open, 217-356-9397. Any questions here at the Esquire, raise your hands. and. We'll get a microphone around to you, and we'll be back in just a couple of moments here on DWS. Stay with us. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. 
Hi, this is Hannah Jackson from Judah Christian Volleyball. Tune in Wednesday as Illini Volleyball travels to Ohio State to take on the Buckeyes right here on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM. Hour number two at the Esquire. Esquire is famous for their great sandwiches, burgers, and fish on Fridays. Stop by anytime for lunch or dinner. Mr. Ritchie, the microphone is yours. Well, George, with you know Barry Lunny coming in as a new offense coordinator, the players obviously had to learn a new offense, but so did the coaches. Just what was that process like where maybe you know he kind of laid out what his vision was for the offense? I think it was really fun because, you know, the one thing Coach Lunny, like he, he's designed the system and built it so he knows all the ins and outs, so he has a story or a rhythm to everything. I think, you know, in his past he was a high school you know, uh, coach, so I think a lot of the, the simplicity of the offense when he teaches it makes it click really quick, and I think that's something that he's brought that's allowed the players to develop faster. It's not it's wordy, but every word means something, and you can visualize it. You know, so he's always talking about bringing the play to life in your mind with the words that he uses and the concepts that he uses. You know, it does a good job of, of teaching it. George, how much progress and improvement have you seen in Isaiah Williams from the time you got here to, to where he's at now? I think a lot, you know, I think anytime you're in the system or you're doing something over time, you know, he, he's playing with more confidence. You know, he has a, a lot more vocal leadership. So I think he's really just at the tip of how good he's going to be he's, as he continues to get comfortable year to year. Because you, you remember, like, last year we moved him right at the beginning of the season. And then this is really his first offseason, first true season of being a wide receiver. So he's done a really, really remarkable job of learning the ins and outs of being a receiver over, over the time really good. And what's it like to seeing guys like Pat Bryant, Brian Hightower, who you see on a daily basis, but they've really kind of started to show up on on Saturdays and Thursday nights and Friday nights oh, too yeah. this season. Yeah, we've had it. I mean, those guys did a great job in the offseason. I think you know, anytime you have a transition, there's a transition from a a learning standpoint, a personality standpoint, me getting used to them, them getting used to me and the demands that I have. And I think they really, we learned each other. Then over the course of the summer and the spring, they really attacked what what our weaknesses were all together, and then now you're just seeing the fruits of their labor that they put in a lot of time this summer to get better. Martin O'Donnell with us as well. How many uh, offensive line coaches did you play for? Do you remember during your, your time? I think three. Okay. Yeah. And offensive coordinators, maybe about that same number? Two. Okay. Two, yeah. But we, my, where I'm going with that is that you've seen some changes come and go. You just got to deal with them, right? And, and you've seen as a part of our radio team, as an analyst now, you've seen a whole lot of coming and going yeah. with, the, with the head coaches and assistant coaches as well. And uh, it's just uh, a situation where it takes time to maybe find the right mix. Yeah, I, I think it takes time. And I, and I think George really hit the nail on the head. And, and, and I think the longer I've been around college football, you know, there's – if you look at probably 80 – maybe the number is 85%, maybe the number is 90%, it might be higher. The, the talent gap from team to team – isn't as big as you'd think just kind of looking at some of the results on any given Saturday. But really, it's about confidence and it's about the mental aspect of the game where, look, it's still 18 to 23, and you know now there's some 24 and 25-year-olds playing college football. And, and a 29-year-old punter. Um, but it, it's really, you, you still have people, you know, 18 to 22-year-olds roughly, and so much of it is confidence in everything that you approach. And so, you know, that's, again, the thing that I think is, is really huge is this team is they're seeing – 
the fruits of their labors. They're seeing, the coaches are telling them one thing, they're, they're working hard in the off season, they're buying in, and then all of a sudden, once you start buying in a little bit and you start to see a little bit more success, every win just kind of builds that and builds it, and it becomes momentum, right? And momentum can either work for you really well or it could work against you, you know, really significantly. So that's where I think this team is right now, is they're out there, they're playing confident football, and it's in all aspects of the game. I think you look at the offense, and you know, offensively, I mean, Illinois dominated Minnesota, and it didn't show up as much on the scoreboard as it, as it really was when you dig into the stats, but th- that's just what it was. And defensively, they've been tremendous all year, and now special teams, you know, has really gotten going. And I think you see, you know, Fabrizio Pinton has done a great job the past couple weeks, and I think Hugh Robertson seems to have really settled in there at at punter and, and all of those units. So that that's the part that I think is fun for me to see is, and that's what I, I tell people all the time. What I enjoy about doing the radio is. What I love about college football is you see guys grow and you see guys develop. And you certainly see that in college football. And to see guys like Brian Hightower and remembering, you know, the 2020 season, he had a great year. You know, last year wasn't as big of a factor for whatever reason. But now, you know, really from the first game, he's come out. And, you know, between you know Hightower and Patrick Bryant and Casey Washington, that's what's been so fun to watch about this receivers group is everybody said, okay, we think we know what we have in Isaiah Williams. He's a dynamic player, but who's going to be that second option, that third option? And, you know, really it's a testament, you know, certainly to the offensive scheme, but Tom DeVito, but this receiver group as well. I mean, it's somebody different every single game, and they're all making clutch catches on third down, on fourth down, you know, last Saturday. that That's the fun part to see that growth year over year, and um, that's what I enjoy most about it. Which was harder for you, getting out there and playing or sitting up in the booth watching guys play and wearing your emotions on your sleeve as you do, which is why we love you so much? <laughs> Well, it's certainly harder to actually play the game. Yeah. I mean, sitting up there eating hot dogs with Ed and, and, and you know, eating custard cup in the, in the press box is, isn't all that difficult. It's just different, right? I mean, I think it's, you know, very much it's, it's control. And you have control when you're a player. You have absolutely no control when you're talking about it. You know, the coaches have, you know, a little bit more control and they're, you know, kind of working directly with the players. But uh, uh, it's a lot more fun this year than, than it has been in, in some of the years. And we're not done yet. So, George, how impressed are you with this Illinois defense? It's good. I mean, I, you know, obviously we played in an era where we had really, really good defense, and I don't think you appreciate it as a player because they're just your friends. But as a coach, I mean, Coach Walters and, and the defensive staff, like they're amazing. Like the way they do it and, and the synergy that they have the guys playing at with the confidence, I mean, it's, it's, it's awesome to watch. You know, I mean, sometimes you're just like, uh-oh, and then they're like, fires out, kick a field goal, let's go give the ball back. So, I mean, they do a great job of game planning, I think, like – they do a great job of just getting the guys to play with so much intensity and confidence and focus. And you see it in practice, so you know it's going to happen in the game if they continue to do it. So it's been fun to watch. Maybe one of the question marks uh, for guys like us to talk about before season starts might have been the depth at wide receiver. Are you satisfied with the way things have played out so far? You, you, uh, Martin mentioned uh, Brian Hightower and having a good year. Pat Bryant, we saw a little bit of that. You knew what you had in Isaiah. But... Do you have the right mix? You got enough of those guys? Yeah, we have a deep room. You know, I mean, we, we have some guys that haven't played a lot just based off of the games and, and development. But you always want more. Like as a coach, it's like a kid on Christmas. You always want more. You want more. But I think the guys have really bought into what we're doing in the rotation. And I think, like I said, I say it, you know, Coach Lunny's offense allows everybody to touch the ball on any given play. There's not, you know, there's not, well, this ball has to go here. It's We got three guys out there. Tommy's going to read the defense, and we're going to hand it, or we're going to throw it to somebody. You know what I mean? And that's every play. So I think the guys are playing with more intensity and more focus just because you never know when that ball is going to come your way and when you're going to get an opportunity. So I think a lot of it, it's Coach Lunny bringing the system in, but I think the other half of it is just the guys, 
you know, buying into what we're doing and how we do it and just learning each other in, in year two. You know, confidence has been mentioned quite a bit this evening, and Tommy DeVito not lacking for it. Just how much of a difference has he made, um, not only just being the quarterback, but maybe being a guy that can inject some of that confidence into his teammates? It's been huge. I mean, I think the biggest thing about Tommy, he, he played a lot of football. You know, I mean, he's, he's played a lot of football at his other university from an early age, so he's seen a lot of things, and he's, he's played in this style of offense. So some of the stuff that he does and, and sees, it's, it's just old hat. I think the one thing that he has confidence in is that Coach Mil Bart Miller's done a great job of protecting him, where, where in his past, like, he was just a punching bag. So now he knows he can, he can drop back and, and be there and be comfortable in the pocket and – you know, his confidence breeds to the skill players, it breeds to the offensive linemen, and, and it's how he carries himself. He doesn't say much, but he knows when you see him, you know everything's going to be all right. And that, I think that's a testament to a, to a true, you know, a quarterback that's a leader. He steps in the huddle or he says a play, and you look in his eyes and you know, like, all right, let's go do this. And I think that's just the confidence that Tommy has. The crowd at Memorial Stadium is getting better, not quite to where – You'd like to see it for a 6-1 football team, but uh, it is getting better. they got a flash sale going on now that uh, is uh, boosting up tickets for the Michigan State game. But the other day, homecoming crowd, how much of a factor was that to the guys? It's awesome. I mean, I think definitely if I was a defensive player, I'd be, like, selling tickets on the on – the, you know what I mean? Because with the, the intimidation of the defense and then the crowd, you know, we, they've gotten delay of games and, and false starts. You know, I think it's awesome – you know, I think it's awesome when the, the community supports the players because the players are – in any sport because the players put so much into it behind the scenes that Saturday or game day is just a – it's an opportunity for them to show, you know, all the hard work they've been in. And as former players, you know, a lot of times you don't really appreciate the crowd because you're so focused on doing your job. But it is like when it's a sold-out crowd and the crowd's going crazy, it, it does give you a sense of pride that people are going to see all the hard work that you put in in, in the offseason and in the weeks to get ready for that matchup. All right, Martin, since you're a former All-American offensive lineman, here's the required offensive line question of the night. How is Bart Miller's group playing this season? You know, I, I think they've improved every single week, and I, I think they've played their best football the last three games, uh, which is really what you want when you have those tests of, you know, you look at it, it's and, it, and it's the Big Ten West, and you have Wisconsin, Iowa, and then Minnesota. You know that there's going to be good play in the trenches. So, yeah, I mean, so I, I think the offensive line has done a really nice job, and, you know, again, I think they've gotten better. They, they got through some injury problems kind of early in the year where you kind of had to bump guys around. You have to put Isaiah, William, or Isaiah Adams out of tackle, and that's just tough to build chemistry, but that's really what – what I've seen from the past couple of weeks is they've built that chemistry. You have your starting five. You have Jordan Slaughter who goes in and, and spells Zy Chrysler a little bit. And, you know, I think they're playing the type of football that they need to play. Now they need to continue to play better, obviously, because there's, there's bigger tests ahead. I mean, Nebraska is going to be a tough environment. You have a game coming up at the big house and, you know, in a couple of weeks. And, um, again, I mean, this team has so much to play for, so much laying out ahead of them, and it's going to come down to line play. I mean, there, you've got to make the plays and the skill positions and everything. You have, to, you have to catch the ball. You have to throw the ball. You have to tackle all those different things. But the Big Ten especially and the Big Ten West, I mean, it's, it's line play, and it's the differentiator. So I've been, I've been really impressed with what they've done um, and for them to come in. And, you know, it's huge getting Palcho back, and he's had, you know, playing some of his best football. Um, but seeing them grow, again, that, that's the gratifying part. That's the fun part. George, what is it like having that target on your back now? You're the 18th-ranked team in the country. It's a position Illinois hasn't been in in quite some time. You're not the team anymore that can just kind of sneak up on, on guys. You guys are the ones that are the favorites now. Yeah, I think, the, the, you know, when, when the first thing you walk in the building is do your job. You know what I mean? So that's, that snaps you back to reality real quick, you know. 
I think for us it's it's great, but you know, Coach B talks about all the time. The only thing that matters is us doing our job and focusing on the process that he sets up every week. And he's very detailed in, you know, every week is different, every matchup is different, like every team is different. So all we do is come in on Tuesday, get the the the, 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 the directions of how he wants us to attack and we just go attack. And I think that's the biggest thing that our guys and, and our staff and, and everyone in the Smith Center has done is, you know, this is uncharted territory for Illinois, but for us it's just the next game. You know I mean? You know, I think Coach Henry did a great talk. Coach B had us come up and talk about different topics, and, and he, he did a talk about climbing a mountain, and I couldn't I do it in, in justice, but it's just this guy that climbs a mountain, and, and all you're worried about is your next step, the next grasp, and that's the same type of mindset that we've taken is, you know, we got into a plateau of, okay, great, you know, we've won enough games to qualify for a bowl, but we didn't come here just to qualify for bowls, so we're still climbing that mountain, and for us to keep going is just one step in front of the other, and I think that's the one thing our guys have, have really bought into is, is just the next step. Like, we entered, we got announced whatever the ranking was Sunday, great. Tuesday, let's go back to work. You know what I mean? And I think our guys, if you see it, they snap back in and they look for that next step in the mountain, and I think that's the, you know, the biggest thing that I've learned from this team is that Whatever it is, like they're just focused on trying to make that next step. So it's been really enjoyable. George, you know, everybody sees maybe the, the plays that you know the receivers make in the passing game, but it seems like collectively your group also you know, very good blockers downfield. Is that just these guys, or is that something that, that you teach? Uh, that it's a product maybe of coaching. It's a product of coaching, Scott. Well, when I was there, I didn't catch a lot of passes. So <laughs> you know, I was blocking for Robert Holcomb, who was my roommate. So I, you know, I've always taken great pride in blocking, and I just think. You know, I, I stole a quote from, I think, the coach at Texas. is just, you show your love for your teammate how you play without the football. And that's kind of something that I've, I've, I've taken for him and, and installed to our group. But, you know, Pat Bryant played as a freshman, and all he did was block. You know what I mean? So now, because he blocks so well and he's still blocking well, you see the fruits of their labor. You know, Brian Hightower's blocking well. Isaiah is Casey. So I think we have one of the best running backs in the country. You know what I mean? So if you can't block for him, then you don't deserve to be on the field. And, that, and we talk about it openly, like, Chase Brown is one of the best running back, if not the best running back in the country. And if you're not willing to block for him to help him achieve goals, which is going to help us all achieve goals, then you probably don't deserve the right to be on the field. And I think the receivers, the, the tight ends, everybody's buying into that. Obviously, you know, the offensive line, that's their pride and joy. But, you know, we get the, the diva, you know. But I think for us, you know, we want to go make that touchdown block and celebrate with him in the end zone. I think guys are really buying into that. And, you know, karma is you'd make a good block. Usually the ball's going to find you some safe or form, and, and guys are really bought into that. Talking Illinois football with George McDonald, assistant coach Martin O'Donnell, former Illini All-American. We've got a question here in the audience. Yeah. A uh, comment and question for Martin. And first, the comment, you do a wonderful job in your commentary. When I'm watching, uh, sitting in the stadium or watching games on TV, I'm seeing what happens, but I don't know why. And your explanation of who blocked what or something to, to explain what happened for viewers like me is terrific and I really enjoy it and you make the game much more meaningful that way. My question is this, we hear a lot about the defense is getting tired, you gotta get them off the field. Yet, we had 40 minutes of offense as opposed to 20 for Minnesota. And no one ever talks about Gee, the offensive line, they, are they getting tired too? But I get the impression that as long as you're making first downs, they don't seem to be getting tired. Well, th thank you for the comment. I think you're just illuminating the fact that the offensive linemen are the best athletes on the field. For, <laughs> so 
I've wondered that myself many, many times. Um, but no, I mean, I, I think, look, you know, as an offensive lineman, uh, you know, when you have long, sustained drives, typically running the ball is a part of it. And when you're running the football, that's the offensive lineman's ability to really attack the defense. So you know where the ball is going. Um, you know, you'd love every offensive lineman to cover to the football, meaning pursuing. That's the thing that's different. With de- defense has to run to the football. You know, they're trying to make the tackle. So um, they'll tell you they're exerting more energy there. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's fun to see. I mean, I can't remember the stats from, from Saturday, but the amount of long, sustained drives from the offense – um, is tremendous, and that just that keeps it going. And so that's that's I think that's playing the complementary football that, that Coach B talks about all the time. Is look when you have an offense that's able to sustain drives, then your defense is you know better rested, more energized, knowing that they can go out there and and really just max out in terms of effort because then they're going to be off the field in three plays, and then you get the offense back out there, and it's just it's just kind of the cumulative effect, and it, it's body blows, right? It, it, it's boxing, it's just body blows, play after play, and again, I, I think you know. Illinois, the score was just not indicative, I think, of the level um, of play that we saw on Saturday. But that, that's the fun part because, you know, I'm sure you guys talked about it in, in your film sessions or are going to. It's, you know, look, you know, we should have had this play and we should have had this play and, you know, we should have put this in the end zone instead of kicking a field goal. So that, that's, that's the fun part that there's always room for improvement. It's certainly a lot easier to look back on it when you win 26-14 and, and you're in, in good shape. Need to take a break here. We're talking Illinois football. If you'd like to join us on the phones, 217-356-9397. We're at the Esquire for another 20 minutes or so, and we'll be back right after this. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Join us on Wednesday night at 5 for Illinois Volleyball against Ohio State. We'll have it for you on the radio right here on DWS. This is Monday Night Sports Talk Hour number two. We are at the Esquire Lounge, downtown Champaign, where they're famous for their specialty pizza, like Greek pizza, or design your own pizza. Stop in for lunch or dinner at the Esquire. George McDonald and Martin O'Donnell are our guests. We're talking mostly Illinois football. There's some basketball news that we'll get to. Illinois in the preseason uh, top 25 is ranked Number 23, so the, for the first time in 20 years, Illinois football and basketball ranked at the same time. Yeah, it's uh, quite, quite the historic accomplishment. Uh, I think it's almost more than 7,900 days since that uh, has happened. I only <laughs> Don't know say it like that. Well, I, I, Don't say it I, like I've that. Got, it's in That's a guy with paper. too much time on his hands there to look that No, one. it's just I've got something in tomorrow's paper about it, so that's why I know it off the top of my head. Also... Uh, Illinois is one of 10 colleges in the country right now that has a football team and a men's basketball team ranked in both football and basketball at the same time this, this right now. So, it's also so that, that's a better number than 7,951 or whatever. It's also it nice that when you look at the uh, college football rankings and some of the teams that are playing well, you see how many teams are wearing orange these days. It's nice to have Illinois in there as well with the Tennessees of the world, Clemson's, Syracuse, and people like that. Yeah, we're, we're staring at a potential Illinois-Syracuse at some point later this season if both teams keep winning. The DeVito Bowl. There you know. <laughs> George, when you uh, touched on all your steps, uh, uh, stops a little bit earlier in the last couple of decades, some things stay the same over time and some change a lot. One thing that's changed a lot is the transfer portal and how you deal with that. Uh, get us up to date on, on how that's affected you as a coach. And uh, certainly it affects the head coach, obviously, but everybody that's out there recruiting, how it's kind of changing the game. 
I think the biggest thing that we talk about and, and Coach B talks about is just roster development. You know, you're always in the old days you come in as a freshman and you go to the scout team and you just wait your turn and you kind of no one talks to you. But I think with the, the transfer portal, you know, you really have to be in tune with everybody that's in your program and really try to develop relationships and whether you're playing or not playing, explaining the process to them. And sometimes like we're on a bye, so you know, we'll meet with all our freshmen and we'll meet with all the developmental guys and watch their tape and give them one-on-one -on -one attention and show them where they've improved and where they can still go because you know, nowadays, you know, you can enter the portal and go somewhere else and maybe go somewhere else and do the exact same thing you're doing at the school you left. But the one thing Coach B challenges us all to do is we don't, if we bring you in the program, we don't want to lose you. You know what I mean? We want to develop you. And sometimes that development happens instantly. Sometimes it happens after a couple of years. And I think the biggest thing that Coach B talks about is being transparent, but also being understanding that, you know, George McDonald came from Buena Park, California, and he was this type of recruit and he had this type of goals and he gets here and it's not what you think it is. You have to explain why, how, and how you can reach that goal so they keep believing in the reasons why they come to the universities. Does the transfer portal make it too easy, though, for, for somebody just to take off and maybe not, not deal with adversity from maybe not having success right away at one place? Yeah, I think, you know, it gives them an, an, e an easier out. You, they, you are always able to transfer. It just wasn't, didn't have a portal. You just... So it gives, it gives them an easier out to, to go to another situation. that And sometimes it's, the transfer portal is not bad because sometimes it's I'm the third-string quarterback and I just want to play and I'm a senior and I'm grad. You know, there's different reasons why guys get in and out of the portal. So it's every, every case and every situation is a little bit different. Um, but it, it is a, a benefit to the player. You know, I mean, I think, that, I think it does help certain players get into positions where they can play at different levels. Obviously, we only hear about the high-profile guys, but, you know, if maybe, you know, we got we got Art who, who helped us win last year. We got Tommy, you know, this year. So I think the transfer portal is a, is a give and take. I think it just it changes your philosophy on how you want to use it and when you want to use it and why you want to use it. But I think as a coach, at least here at the University of Illinois, it's, it's really made us be more intentional of how we deal with our players because – we don't want to lose those guys unless they're graduating, you know what I mean? So I think that's where we've been trying to really be intentional of developing relationships. And sometimes, you know, it's better for, obviously we had guys leave last year for different reasons and, it's, and we've gotten guys in. So it's always going to be a transactional, but we want to make sure that we're giving them the best experience we can while we have them here and getting the right guys that are coming in that are going to help us impact the, the program the right way. One of your teammates, George, and you said your roommate too, and Robert Holcomb used to carry the ball a lot uh, when he played at Illinois. What's it like watching Chase Brown carry the ball as much as he has so far this season? Chase, it's awesome because Chase is faster than Rob. Rob probably <laughs> won't like hearing that. But they are two different types of backs. But, I mean, those guys are special. Just, to, just They're like boxers. You're going to get beat up in the game. You know what I mean? And the fact that he runs up in there. But I think the difference between Rob and Chase is that I'm on, I'm, I was on the sideline for both of them. But when Rob was here, I was wanting to get in the game. When Chase is here, I'm actually a, a, enjoying – the way he runs and, and the pace he runs. I mean, he's the way he sees the field and sets up his blocks, like it's it's a masterpiece on how he does it. And you see him practicing it. So, I, like I said, I think I just have a different appreciation. Like I was like, when Rob was here, like we were giving him the ball and it was a nine-man box every play. You know, now it's we're trying to scheme up to give Chase one-on-one -on -one and, and let him make people miss in space. So they're two dynamic backs. And, you know, they, they have the same DNA like when the, the – the game's on the line. They want the ball in their hands, and that's the same way Rob was. Well, you might be in a position before too long to uh, say you're involved with the number one and number two rusher at the University of Illinois. He's not going to catch, 
Roberts. Roberts got 4,105 yards. That's pretty much out of sight, but Chase is only 365 yards away from being number two on the list. That's pretty good stuff. You there. could get that in Nebraska. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's all. I mean, I, you know, I think the line has done a great job, and, you know, it all starts up front. You know, Martin's, you know, it's, it, with Coach B and in this conference, it all starts up front, so the line has done a great job, but. I mean, Chase is special, and, you know, it's, it's just been a pleasure. And it, from last year to this year, just CP's done a great job of, of coaching them and, and showing them. And then it just I just think year one to year two is just you just enjoy it a little bit more because you've seen this get to this point. And, and like Martin said, you know, we have so much more to go. And we and like I said, we just got out of the red zone meeting talking about what we can do better and, and how we can get it better. So I think that's what drives us as a coaching staff and it drives us as, as players is just that we know we haven't hit our stride fully yet, and that's what keeps us coming back with more enthusiasm and more excitement. If you ever go to dinner with Martin O'Donnell, for what you just said, you'll never have to buy another meal. It all starts with the offensive line. Scott? Jordan, we mentioned off the top that it's bye week this week. As the way this schedule is set up, sort of uniquely with three games and a bye, four games and a bye, and then five to the finish, how much has that been advantageous you know, for the team? I mean, at the beginning of the season, we're like, what are we doing? And then Coach B, like, he's a mastermind. Like, he, he set up this schedule where it's, like, been a thing of beauty. Like, we, like last week, he literally said, hey, I'm taking this off of you guys. We're not going to practice it. We're only going to be on the field for 45 minutes, and then we go out and do the things that we did. So, I mean, I think the scheduling and, the, and the, where we are as a team is a true testament to Coach B's vision and then his ability to put that vision in the place on paper from going to Wisconsin and how we traveled to Wisconsin to coming back and understanding like ev- understanding how every game is going to be won and he's put the players and the coaches in a position every week to go out and win that game and sometimes it's just hey we're not going to practice we're going to have a longer walkthroughs and we're going to get you up to feet and do more recovery with tank so hey we're going to be on the field for 45 minutes just to do these things and if you guys give it to me on Saturday like I'll be surprised to see who practices tomorrow because you know, he made some promises he's going to have to cover now. But, <laughs> but he's done a great job of managing this, and, and he has a vision and of how he wants every week and every minute to be, to be attested to, and, and he does a, a good job of keeping the coaches in line with that also. Do you guys ever go, how do you think of that? How did he get three, four, five steps ahead of us? I do all the time. I'm like, <laughs> how did he know this summer that we're – I mean, he's just – and that's, that's who he is. You know, he's done it. He's been in the Big Ten Championship. He's – He's done everything that we're doing now many times over. So sometimes I, I'll ask him, like, how did you think about this? But, you know, he, he's always thinking about the future and, and not fast-tracking it. But, you know, he has big, big picture vision of, okay, I'm going to be in this situation going into Nebraska. This is how we're going to practice over the bye week. This is how we're going to come out. Like, it's amazing just being around a whole bunch of different coaches in my career, just the detail that he that he goes through and how simple he makes it look for the coaches and the players so that's been really fun to watch martin how did you and your teammates in 2007 handle the the turnaround the success everyone's patting you on the back telling you such a great job coming off a disappointing 2006 season to not only enjoy it i mean you're a college student but also keep keep grinding away yeah, I mean, I think there's, I think there's, there's growing pains involved in all of it. I mean, in 2007, it helped because we lost our first game of the season. You know, we lost to Missouri and St. Louis, and you know, as as the year went on, that loss looked better. It sounds kind of weird saying it, but it looked better because Missouri that year became was number one in the country at one point. 
Um, so we saw that. We said, well, we, we should have won that game, and and we didn't. But I, it's a it's a growing process. It's a gradual process. But you know, part of it too is you know we had a lot of success, and we you know we beat. Uh, you know Penn State here in Champaign when they were ranked in the top 25 and then you know you know Brett Bielema and Wisconsin came in and they were fifth ranked in the country and we beat them well then we turned around and we lost to Iowa like seven to three or something on the road so there, there's always that that stuff that kind of keeps you in check but I mean it's really it's, it's a test of maturity and I'm sure it's a test for the coaches just trying to keep again it's 18 to 22 year old males and you try to keep them you know one foot in front of the other is really really difficult um, so that, that's that's the that's the, the fun thing to see is again you know this team has been ready to play every single week I mean they've, they've come out ready to play the halftime adjustments have been great I mean I haven't seen the third quarter scoring results but I'm sure Illinois got a good edge there um, but yeah I mean it's it, it's a learning process it's a gradual process I think I, and, and I could be wrong you can correct me if I'm wrong George but I, I think it helped a little bit last year having some of that high-end success and then having to bounce back, you know, winning a nine overtime game against Penn State, and then coming back and I think dropping the game to, to Rutgers. So right, this right. this team has that experience in terms of hey, you got to bring it every single week because you can look at records, but it's you know the rest of this the stretch here. I mean, it's the Big Ten. It's good programs, and so you got to be ready, you know, every single game, and, and they've done a great job of that. Getting a little tight on time, but uh, there is some basketball news to report besides the uh, top 25 preseason coming out today in which Illinois was number 23. Some uh, recruiting news, Mr. Ritchie. Yeah, um, class of 2024, uh, so those are your high school uh, juniors right now. Uh, ZZ Clark, his younger brother Sky Clark, is decommitted from Illinois. Um, said that he just kind of wants to maybe go through more of the recruiting process, make sure he picks the right school for him, and maybe not just, you know, maybe this just kind of thing. This may not follow his brother. You know, they obviously committed, you know, back to back the spring. So we'll see what happens there. But Illinois uh, still has Merez Johnson committed in that class. Um, is recruiting basically the entire St. Rita roster along with Merez. So like they've got options um, in the class of 2024. And again, that's still two years away. So anything can happen. And we are out of time. The next football game is a week from Saturday. In case you missed it, that time has been set for 2:30 in uh, Lincoln, Nebraska. George McDonald, thank you, sir. Appreciate you. you. Good to see you. Martin, always good to talk football with you. Thank you. Scott Ritchie, Matt Daniels, thanks to Ed Bonds as well. Bob Osmussen will be back with us next week right here at the Esquire in downtown Champaign on WDWS Champaign-Urbana. This is Steve Kelly. Thanks for listening. Have a good night, everybody.